Okay, we're here with our first introductory premiere episode of Tower After Hours. Um, I'm Mike Mattis. I'm Mike Shaw. Alyssa Gailey. Kelly Howard. And we are Tower Marketing, and we're just here kind of talking about um, things that kind of happened around the office today. Um, so we have a bunch of topics to kind of go over. So, um, Mike Shaw, we, we, we kind of had an introductory little pre-planning meeting here, so we already know what we're going to talk about, but Shaw's going to go into... Um, what is most important for him? Uh, this week, um, I'd like to talk about something that has been of importance to Google websites in the past and maybe coming back. Google authorship was something that was really important to search engines. People that had high profiles and high um, uh, trust and authority on the web and that were writing on a consistent basis of, around topics that they were considered experts in would have rich snippets of themselves placed in the Google search results page. So that encouraged people to click, that encouraged people to, to, uh, to see who these people were, and as a result, it was connected to the Google Plus page. We so had that. We had that on our blog. We, we all did. had author pages. We and... still do, actually. Ah. We still do. Tell we... me more about that. The reason <laughs> is we did not want to delete that. And several other companies we've spoken to did not delete that. They kept the rel author tag attached to each bio on the pages so that if Google ever decided to bring it back, it would just naturally flow. I still don't see them in the search results. No, they're not. But last week, um, uh, Rusty Brick, uh, who's Rusty one Brick. Rusty. That's uh, an unfortunate. I feel like you're just making that up now. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're making fun of yourself. He's probably the one of the most well-known search engine optimizations. He's a correspondent for Google. Okay, sorry, Rusty. To, to the to the search community, and he was talking about them possibly bringing authorship back, which means with the fact that you've been building content and you've got author bios connected to that and to this author bios you have the authorship tag you could be showing up in local searches and national searches for topics that you're uh, predominantly uh, affluent in so the moral of the story is we need to bring the authorship tag I as I would bring it back definitely okay and you have to know what your numbers are at the back of your Google Plus account don't you so now that's the problem google there's plus vanity, there's vanity names, there's vanity so. urls that's right uh google plus admitted that they failed as a social channel but that doesn't mean they're getting rid of google plus related to google plus are google places and google businesses maps all sorts of things YouTube. and youtube and all sorts of these other little uh marketing uh I don't know, pieces that Google has attached to it. And it's, if you have a Google Plus account, that is what the RAL author tag is going to be connected to. But it's not a normal URL. It's not like Google, it's not like plus.google.com forward slash Mike Shaw. If you do that, that's a vanity URL. Usually it's a number at the end. So unless you know what that number is, you won't have a RAL author tag that works. Doesn't WordPress already put the author in it automatically? It, it creates an author bio, but not the tag. Mm. So you have to add that little bit of code, which is really easy. Gotcha. So RAL equals author, and then... See, I would not have known that. I would have thought that the bio in WordPress was doing enough. the job. Yeah. 
Well, it's 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 not, it's not enough to put you in the rich snippets of but it's Google Chrome. And it's 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 nice because with the authorship tag, it will pull the date that the, the content was published, the author bio, you know, possibly even related articles that they had. Just lots of other rich snippets that might encourage users to click. And this will help with SEO. I think this will help with SEO because even if you're not in the top three, four results, people that see a, a, a picture, ratings, things like that, how many articles, a date, it will encourage them to click. So it gives some people who might not have as much domain authority or ranking power still the option of being clicked upon. Gotcha. Okay, let's say you're up. Um, I think I'm going to talk about this new Facebook e-commerce thing. So I read an article this morning from yesterday that Facebook is basically testing shopping in the app itself. So the big part of it <clears throat> came from the fact that mobile is like the top technology. It's the preferred way that people are surfing the internet. However, the time spent on mobile is only spent in like a handful of applications like Facebook or Instagram, Snapchat. So basically, Facebook took that idea and it took the idea that people are frustrated with shopping on a mobile device because websites aren't optimized oh, for responsive, um, things like slow load times, you know, kind of stuff that we... Would you buy through Facebook? Do you think it's secure enough? I have... I think people would just be like, forget it. I mean, I know I have used like coupon offers through Facebook, like where you actually have to like click it. It's like a little button that says get uh, offer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know for a couple of our clients, we have the, the you can add call to action buttons on the pages. We have a few shop now buttons for e-commerce clients. Well, they're okay. I was going to bring up the fact um, uh, a organization that I worked for before coming to Tower um, tried out these little Facebook shoplets yeah. where they created them. Um, one of the brands, it's like a, a <clears throat> Uh, like garden materials, gardening materials, and they're very, it's very visual. And the idea was, oh, they'll see these gorgeous pictures, and then right there on Facebook, they can, you know, click it. So kind of making it very impulse, impulse buy. And it, it, it really didn't go over as well as I think they had hoped it, was it would be. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if something like this can maybe, you know, bring that back for them. It's just like you know, anything. It all comes down to trust. And people are going to go back to the website. Wow. Even if it looks a little sketchier than And Facebook. I don't trust Facebook. I've been hacked. And it's not like I had any important information on there. I had random messages being placed on my, my page. You totally undermined I, you know, yeah. I, <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's, uh, it's not... I just don't... I, Facebook, is it another You know, uh, Facebook's privacy has been held up in the air so many times now. People don't go to Facebook to buy. They go there to... to I don't know. I, I could see... I can see it if it's... If it's something that's very impulsy. Is impulsy a word? Impulsy? I'm seeing, though, in Alyssa's papers there that it's, um, like... Um, they're showing, like, clothing. And if I saw, like, a blogger had something on Facebook and I loved it, yes. and then I'm like, yes, I want that, and I want to buy it now... Maybe you I might could. still go back to the website to see if I can get it on a website. I think well, this here. would really help affiliate marketers, people who are yes. using websites 
that are trying to earn it, passive income through like Amazon or what have yeah. you, or maybe through Facebook. They have a great audience. They they seem knowledgeable about coffee, so they sell coffee products. You know, well, if I'm Facebook, people trust I'm, them yeah, maybe Facebook, rather than Facebook. Facebook wants to be like Amazon. Yeah. But, but like the shopping end of it, which I totally get. I mean, but in 20 years, our kids are going to be like, you went anywhere else to shop? That's crazy. <laughs> well, and it, kind of what they're testing is that people can either buy, businesses can opt for people to buy in Facebook or they can take them to their website. Oh. It's one or the other. Right now, it only goes to your website. And the beginning of the article talks about how they introduce the carousel for ads. So marketers could update up to six different images under one ad campaign. And then Facebook would pick which one of those pictures applied best to the user Mm -hmm. to help increase their conversion and their click-through rates. So I think it's going to happen. I think it will just be a step in the process. I mean, I know I've been looking like I sign up for you know coupons through my email and that alone is enough for me to go at least look I might not buy every time but then what happens is I look and I add stuff to my cart and then I see that product in Facebook oh yeah well, like I see the shoe I was looking at from Kohl's in my newsfeed. Yeah, you just retargeted. And I'm like, and even working oh, in this industry, so bad. even working in this industry, I'm still sometimes like, hey, I was just looking at that. Like, right. I'm still like, like, such an idiot. Yeah. I'm like, so hard. <laughs> you don't even know how it goes, and you're still like, well, that's me. I'm like, fascinating. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there will. You'll have to put some kind of ad dollars into it to use it. So if we were recommending this to clients, we would basically say it's probably not for everybody, but a younger audience who is yeah. you know very familiar with Facebook and is there all the time, maybe this is something to try. I think I think it would have to be I mean from just this article, like yeah, there's some male oriented products in here, but I think it's going to have to be a younger female demographic. Yeah. Mm. And I think that the connection to bloggers is what's going to be so important. Yeah. But I don't know how that impacts search. I don't know if people are opting to let customers buy directly on Facebook. It's, it's basically taking traffic away from your website. I think this is a yeah. smart move by Facebook. That, or it's either reactive or responsive. I'm not sure. But Google, the buy now function in Google SERPs, where they were talking about being able to buy right from Google mm-hmm. search results. I believe this is why Facebook is trying to do something on the same site, right. they're trying to keep people on that page. You you like what you see, buy what you see. You don't need to go anywhere else. Right. You don't need to go to Amazon. You don't need to go to Bing. You definitely don't need to go to Google. So what is that? The death of the website? That's what I'm saying. I think it is. I, I, Eventually, it's just going to be Google, Facebook, and Amazon. Which is kind of scary. Yeah. Which, yeah. But so it's just it's, how do you how do you approach an, an online strategy and you that know, incorporates what we hear that from clients? It's like I don't care, you know, who buys my product as long as I'm buying it. You know, as long as, as they're it's buying getting it. Sold. Doesn't matter where they're get, buying it. Yeah. Right, where yeah. they're buying it. Just get it out. Yeah, but I think I think for this to be successful, you've got to have a very specific product. So is, I'm and sorry, is that in beta? It's it's in testing right now. Okay. So the carousel for ads that's been out for a while, mm-hmm. but this whole it's called Canvas. That's the new. That's okay. the name of it, hmm. and they've been testing it. They first unveiled it in June, and they've been testing it. 
Um, the next kind of phase of testing is after people click on an ad, so there's the advertising dollars, they will see a fast-loading full-screen experience where they can browse through a variety of products before going to the retailer's website to purchase. Mm. So basically, you're doing all of your browsing in the home of Facebook. So what you complete the purchase? On the website right now. But the end goal is that the retailer will be able to decide whether you complete the sale on the website or you complete the sale on Facebook. I mean, think about all the people that play those games on Facebook. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of times you Candy have to crush. put you have Jeez. to put your credit card information mm -hmm. in. So people may not be as spooked by that because they know Facebook as they are by shopping on a website that they've never been exposed to. Before. And I think if bigger companies, larger like you mentioned buying shoes from Kohl's. Right. You know, if Kohl's were on there, I think people would be a lot more inclined and trust trusting of spending money entering right. their credit mm -hmm. card. I think a mom and pop store or even, you know, small local business that's on there, I don't think people would be too willing to no. go ahead and drop Yeah, money. I think this will work for for the big fish. And that's good. You know, good for them. Let the, let them take the fall if there's anything wrong and test yeah. the waters. Like their example in here was Neiman Marcus. Yeah, sure. That's a huge brand. Yeah. You never hear of a local company like, oh yeah, they saw a eighty five percent click through rate on their yeah. ad. And anything e commerce is trendy, go right for the the big guys. You know, fashion. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean fashion always is out there in the kind of final leg up. Yeah. All right, Kelly, you're So right. that's me. Okay. So my topic makes me so sad. But hey, we're we... supposed to keep this alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad because we're finding that there are clients out there and potential clients and, and prospective people that we're talking to that um, aren't in love with content. It's a Can shame. Cue Kelly's heartbreak. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of what we're seeing is people um, feel that they are not the right industry for content. They say, oh, you know, we're too boring. What would we even say? Or we're too technical and nobody mm -hmm. would understand it. Um, you know, and I'm really, I really try to preach that uh, there is no industry that's too boring because you have customers. You have customers already. You have people that are interested in your brand and talk to them. You've got a built-in audience. If you were too boring, you would have nobody. But you do have people and they're asking questions and they're doing searches and there's always something that you can talk to them about. Um, and I know the way that... Um, the, thing that, the thing that we're trying to really accomplish, and we, we've talked about this before, is content is not just you know, for Google. It's not just for the user. It's no. for both. Um, and that's really the argument you know, that we've been kind of having. I shouldn't say the argument, but um, trying to prove why content really is king. And the way that I always you know, try to, when we first bring on a content client and we're trying to brainstorm you know, ideas that we can build some content for them is I, I love to reach out to their like, customer service group, you know, if, if they're getting emails into the company, if they're getting telephone um, calls into the company. And I, I read something on Twitter, and it, uh, like a, just a quick little quote, and it stuck with me. It's, it says, if you find yourself repeatedly sending the same email, that email is now a blog post. You make that email a blog mm -hmm. post. You answer those questions that your company is getting five, six, seven times a week. Right. 
And and there you go. Everybody um, asks about our history. Yeah. I mean, I'm tired of putting in our history. Sorry for everybody who got history in our proposals. But I'm tired of putting history in our proposals. Yeah. Sorry if you asked for that. It's like, it's, and what's, what's the real funny thing is we don't have it on our website. No. So, but yeah. that's the key. It's it's, it's old relational. to us, but it's new to, it's new it's to so relational. Right. Search marketing, you know, that's how we, we focus predominantly when it comes to search, social, SEO, content. But all of them are based on relationships. People yeah. want to learn. They want to understand. They want information. They're asking questions. Who can they trust? Is your content trustworthy? Are you giving them a solid piece of advice or answering the question thoroughly enough or at least ask getting them to a point where they will pick up the phone and, and make take that conversation I further. I think you hit on a good point, though. When people, when, when, you know, certain clients are saying to us that, um, why are we doing this content? Why are we doing this content? Yes, we're doing it for Google, but the, the things that they type into Google are questions. Usually. All we're doing yeah. is answering those questions right. with content. So it's not like we're just saying we need to put some content out there so people find us. We're actually trying to act as customer service yeah. and it's filling a an need. online version of customer, virtual customer service. But the, the other thing which I think people get mixed up with blog, uh, with, with content is they think it's a blog post. Right. And it's so much more than mm-hmm. that. You get to interview people. You get to create awesome videos, infographics. You get to, you get to do Q&As. You get... Well, here's one, a podcast, something that we're doing. You can discuss, you can share information that maybe the decision maker is not aware of, but the person that's on that site using it can share it with the decision maker to to pass on that information that might be of resourcefulness to them. We kind of hijacked Kelly's topic. That's okay. Sorry. That's fine. You have fantastic things to say. But the other thing that I was going to say was I, I know that people don't want to have fun. And I think that you know, your blog, the social media that you put out there is your opportunity to show that your industry is not boring. Um, you know, I know some like, well, you know, we have very professional. We have a very professional audience, and professionals like to have fun. You know, yeah. show a little personality. Um, a little what? You know, I know that every, um, you know, every company out there has. Um, and, and now when I'm using personality, I'm talking like a person, a personality. You know, make them the face of your business, and you know, give it. Um, Give somebody, put somebody out there that your audience can uh, form a relationship with and use them in the videos, use them in the, your images. And, um, so you're you trying just, to personify it. You are trying to personify it. And um, I mean, we always say, you know, what's the persona? What, yeah. what, who are we trying who to embody? Yeah. You know, is it a, a famous person? Is it a you know, political figure? You Show know? them that the industry is not as dry as you think they are or they think you are. And I also, I also think that people are afraid to be that face. Yeah. And it's not like we're putting you on a billboard. Right. You're, it's a little thumbnail picture probably of your face at the bottom of whatever you're publishing on your website. And that's it. And like that, that's, that's probably, and if you look hard the enough, minimum. if you look hard enough, every company has probably right. got somebody who's like, yeah, like let's yeah. do this. Right. Like, 
It's it's not as it's not as horrifying, I think, as people yeah. are like, oh well, who who's that going to be? And it doesn't have to be just one person. It might not make sense for it to be just one. I worked with a brand that literally sold products that killed bugs, and you would think like how, but their research developer was just so excited to share his information and he was in series of videos and people are like they fell in love with him and I mean it's great and if you can take something that like kills bugs and makes it into something that people are like just waiting for the next video right I mean that's all you need to do find that one uh, diamond in the rough there in your company so any content campaign just as long as it has a good strategy it should work mm-hmm. okay I think so, and I think having content on a page gives users more reason to stay on your site and search around. And you're talking about questions. They call them search queries for a reason. People have a query. They want to know more information. And if you create these blogs, you're giving people more landing pages to actually find you. If you don't... You're actually doing more harm to yourself because you've been quarantined to however many pages your website was built on, and that's it. And then you got to hope that for all these different search queries that they're going to find you. Um, so we always encourage people, mm-hmm. even if it's not a very exciting industry, write content. You know, you can add the humor, show your personality, show your expertise. Just do it. Try it, and then go and build on from there. That was a great build-up. Thank you. All right, Mike, what do you have for us? Uh, my hot topic um, really is um, marketing automation. Um, you know, for for years we sold websites, and um, it was all about websites and how well um, you know they're designed or built. Um, you know, with technology kind of ramping up. We've almost gotten past. Um, we've gotten past that and started looking to more of a. I'm going to use a big word, holistic um, approach. You know, which we started getting internet marketing. You know, we just talked about content SEO. Um, but marketing automation is kind of that thing that um, is next. Um, it's the thing that everybody kind of talks about and you know wants to know more about. Um, for years, everybody was like, I don't know who's coming to my website. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who sign up for things or buy things, okay, great, you have all their information, mm-hmm. you have their email addresses. Um, but there are a lot of people out there that do sign up for things or they get a white paper and they just never convert. Um, so marketing automation actually kind of um, targets two sets of people. It's the people who have interacted with you but not, haven't converted. And the other thing, which is the real exciting part, is the anonymous people. Um so <laughs> excited or creepy it's creepy I will say it's definitely yeah. it can be creepy right um, although I will say that I sat on a uh, demonstration with Mike the other day it's not quite as creepy as you think it is mm-hmm. because um, they well I don't want to no, steal ahead. your thunder no, but um, steal, steal you know if I went onto a website and I didn't you know have any uh, connection I didn't fill out a form or set up an account um, you know, the marketing automation software could say, um, hey, we've tracked this, and somebody from Tower Marketing was on your website. They can't say Kelly Howard from Tower Marketing was on your website. Mm-hmm. So it's a little less creepy. I feel like they're not 
It doesn't know exactly who you are, but it uses IP addresses um, to target maybe a business. And there could be four or five people in, like, the database that it's cross-referencing to say it could be one of these five. So the creep factor does go down. (laughs) The the thing is, is, um, you know, especially for what we do, you know, if we're doing... You know, we want to target marketing people. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we see there's a marketing person in one of those five choices, That's who more or less that yeah. might be who you contact. So it's funny because the, the marketing, um, the automation software people actually targeted us. Yeah. Because I was on the website and I got a call like half an hour later. So and I was going to say, you know, it's all about your strategy. So Mike said he got a call a half an hour later. Does a half an hour creep people out? Maybe not. Does five minutes after yeah, creep right. people out? You haven't even closed yeah. the browser <laughs> and the phones are in. You definitely <laughs> need to put some to put some thought behind it. Um, no, but there's you a give a little breathing room, so it's not like hello. Right. I see you on. I see you. Yeah, I see you on this particular page right. with this particular shoe. No, um, but you can do that. Why didn't you buy it? <laughs> Did you like Please give me your credit card details. Size them. <laughs> I'm now gonna flood you with 500 ads on Facebook. To <laughs> the thing is, it's not for everybody. It's not necessarily um, an e-commerce thing because, I mean, you could have 2,000 people. What are you gonna do? Follow up with 2,000 people? No. But there are certain people like, um, you know, those businesses that have salespeople. I mean. Wouldn't it be great if you could say, look, there are 100 people that I want to go after, and when those people come onto my website, I can see them. Um, marketing automation ties into a CRM. So whether you're using Salesforce or Sugar, I mean, there's tons and tons of them. You can actually tie that into your CRM to see who's coming to your website. Um, so kind of, you know, it, it kind of makes everything kind of come full circle. You got the cool website. You have the internet marketing that goes out and gets the people, and then is the that marketing the automation, automation is that the automation is that it that's it just runs it just collects information. It the does. Automation is it can fire. It does. It, it can, can fire, fire emails. emails. Right. The other part of it is you can set you can create these emails and you can set triggers. So if someone, for example, using the tower site, if somebody would come to the tower site, visit tower marketing slash SEO we could follow up an hour later right. with an email talking about so it's our almost, SEO it's almost in a an abandoned cart sort function of. for, for websites that are not e-commerce. Correct. That's how I first became Correct. familiar with it. You know, you get the emails like, hey, you left something hanging in your cart. Right. You know, come and those back and are check set up to fire after so yes. many But now you can do it with so many more, you know, visiting any page on the site could trigger And you don't something. have to have products in a cart and to do it. And you can tailor content so you can fire off certain emails based on what they're interested in. Right. So you mentioned SEO. You could send them an email. I mean, obviously, you'd have to have all these things kind of in the can. But it would send off an email that had a white paper on best practices for SEO, you know, whatever. Right. Case um, studies. I mean, you could So it really create. tailors the whole content. Um, the nice thing is, is in the software, you can actually see a life cycle of when they came in, emails that went out, newsletters that went out when they went to the website and you know does it track them if they come back it does okay it does you can even have like a welcome back email in the can so if somebody has been on our site check around okay my company's not quite ready for this six months later hey welcome back you know this is what's new or or if you have a business that's much more seasonal yeah yes 
Life so, cycle. So really, really, you know, what we're trying to do is say, look, you got a great website. We're getting leads through internet marketing. Now we're converting those leads. Right, um, which is the whole return on investment that people correct. want. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've said all along in meetings, especially lately, it's like, we're not necessarily selling you a website or internet marketing. We want to sell you leads because that's what you want. Right. So. Hmm. Well done. <clears throat> well, so that's... convinced me, mate. <laughs> Right, Mike Shaw wants to sign up himself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that was our, you know, kind of our first episode of After Hours. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Um, So, um, Mike Mattis. Mike Shaw out. (laughs) (laughs) I really, this is Kelly, and I can't talk that. (laughs) And we're Tower Marketing. Peace out.